Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. Honestly, thanks for listening. Have you ever had? I know the larger percentage of people out there don't even know what a podcast is. Still, can you believe it? It's like everyone has one. No, not really. It's a big fucking planet full of people that have podcasts, and the majority of whom don't know how to find or listen to them. So it's a wonder I've had listeners at all, and I'm so grateful I have. Uh, thank you again. Thank uh, Famous people with podcasts get openly self-conscious that their listenership might be waning, and then they cut to a Dodge commercial. It's hilarious. And of course, famous people get advertisements. I'll never be famous, but I'll tell you something. I'm rich in love. I'm full of gratitude and a little bit of sentimentality as I record this. Maybe you follow me on Instagram only. Um, so you're probably not listening to this. Maybe you're hearing this podcast episode and don't read Instagram captions. Whatever. Uh, I'll let you know here now that if you surf on over to Instagram and take a look at this podcast account, which is at Todd Donald Show. Todd has two D's. Spelling words. Uh, you'll see next to this episode's art are two posts saying, you've been great. Those are my wrap-ups. That's me saying, look how far we've come. By saying that, I mean my podcast, me as a podcaster, creative person, whatever. And those who came along for the ride, thank you um, for making it special in some way. And I detailed in, the, in those posts, in lengthy captions and additional comments, all the thoughts, reflections, and feelings I could muster in the span of two days regarding the end of TDS. I think uh, I'll probably think of shit later I wish I could include, but hey, the world is bigger than me, and there are better things to worry about, right? Go follow me on Instagram, read the captions, enjoy the slideshow of images, and or don't. Whatever makes you happy. On Friday, July 2nd, you can hear a conversation I had over a month ago with a very talented writer, actor, and co-host of Real Life Sci-Fi, Mr. Wade Randolph, the first guest on my new podcast, Primetime Flies, a Channel 101 pod, official podcast. Links to listen to the trailer and subscribe are in the show notes. Anyway, Rob Zabo, my guest and co-host on this finale episode, is a good friend, a, a good friend first and foremost. I edit the conversations you hear on his podcast and Sometimes Why, which is a great personal deep dive combo show. And I've been a fan of his albums and albums he's produced ever since my first time seeing this fucker play live well over 15 years ago. We've been sharing a lot of this ride of figuring out how to be better at getting to know other people and sharing our fascinations with people and the podcast craft. I love this guy. So we made a playlist called Fun in the Sun Metal. The conversation is padded at the front and the rear with five minutes or so of discussion about podcasting and things not related to this playlist. And then we go track by track for about an hour. So maybe you have a long road trip ahead. You can listen to this podcast episode, get amped up, and then go listen to the playlist. Or you can go back and forth. It really doesn't matter. What does matter uh, as a quick addendum is that you know that Rob and I do not condone and are entirely against any of the chauvinistic 
chauvinism or toxic male attitudes that are present in all 80s music by male artists. Certainly hair metal has some doozies. But it's clear our enjoyment of the songs comes from a musical or cinematic experience. Please enjoy this go-kart ride, followed by ice cream, Day at the Beach, that is the final episode of TDS. You've been wonderful. Yeah, it's the the last episode. How do you feel about that, man? I I feel fine. I was just thinking to myself, stupid people trying to get a hold of me. I'm so busy. Kidding. I mean, the thing is, I'm moving the time that I spend on the Todd Donald show into something else. If if I were not doing the Todd Donald show anymore because I was sad or lazy about it or just didn't feel like it anymore, you wouldn't get a finale episode. You would you would get oh he just stopped there, right? You there has you just get crickets. Yeah, like <laughs> oh there hasn't been one since one eighteen. Jeez, all right, maybe he's not doing it anymore. But no, this right. is the finale episode, and it and it's with uh, I couldn't ask for better company. Um, well, that, that remains not, to be seen, doesn't it? That's not a that's not a shot to anyone else though. I, I've 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 enjoyed every everything I've done on here, but uh, it's been a great experience. The whole podcasting thing so far, this particular show, also named after me, like the other ones. It's it's a lot a lot more came of it than you expect when you start, and you can exp- you can imagine amazing things. You can imagine the podcast is uh, oh groundbreaking uh, work on this one Todd Donald episode that. Uh, you know, we didn't know this about this person, and now like CBC's looking at this Todd Donald guy and <laughs> famous right. podcaster Todd Donald tonight on Conan. <laughs> That's not going to happen. But you know, I expected to connect with people. I expected to meet and hang out with people that geographically wouldn't be able to otherwise. And I'm just COVID was great for that, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> just people were available, right? Right, available. Also in like a different headspace. Yeah. As yeah. I as I referred to it, I was getting them when, when they were down. Um. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> so true. <laughs> oh. So Todd Donald. <laughs> hey, I guess I guess your proverbial legs are all broken. Wanna be on my podcast now? <laughs> uh. But so yeah. Can you uh, yeah, I'm really glad to see where you're going and, and the exciting things that are happening with the new stuff you're working on. Thanks, man. Uh, it, it makes me so happy. Do, do, do you want me to do... I mean, I only have flattering things to say about you, but do you, do you want me to do like a, an introduction to the person I'm talking to for context? Because I can pre-record one later, or I can, I can make you blush now. This is your show. What, what, what do you want to do? I think I would blush harder. Let me do it in post. But... Uh, let me echo what I said in the intro by saying uh, I, I love chatting with you, man. Like you, um, okay, one, you've been doing it for a while, but I would say from that curious about learning about people spirit that you that never fades, you still sound like you're approaching it from a this is new and exciting angle. I'd say as far as you doing things goes, doing a podcast is pretty fresh. However, I, I would definitely say for people who haven't listened to And Sometimes Why with Rob Zabo, you're a fucking pro. Like you're a genuine human being on the show. You're genuinely interested in people and getting to know them. But when you're doing it, it's, it's very, very much um, pro. That's, that's a big compliment. From, from you who's a pioneer of the, the medium, 
the format <laughs> for real. People who might not know, you know, you were you've been doing this since two thousand and eight. Before all of the, you know, the the monoliths, the mega podcasters, that's yeah. saying something, man. So thank you. That that means a lot, both as a friend because you know I love your aesthetic, but also as someone who's who's been doing it a long time. Yeah, sometimes it takes you know, 10 years to get good at it. And I'd say, if you're doing the math at home, 2008 to 2018 was a lot of fun, but I, I started liking my shit uh, in 2018. So that's three years ago now. Metal. So metal. Okay, let, let me reel it in. For, we were talking about Brian Wilson, I think, because we were we started off with the fact that I was not going to edit this podcast. Yeah, like, and 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 I just want to... I want people to hear what I sound like when I when I'm not able to make myself sound better, if that makes any sense. Not better, but more understandable. There's a lot more rambling you're gonna hear. There's a lot more hearing me put thoughts together. Or freestyle, force myself to get them out faster. Improv. Listen, I, I'm a slow thinker and so I'm I'm with you. What however okay. long it takes. So I kind of confuse Rob. Here's 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 what happened. I never really took a real a real keen deep interest like educationally about metal until more recently. Like I've I've always loved different bands growing up. Usually the songs that everyone knows. Everyone, you know, you listen to Days of Confused soundtrack, Joe Dirt soundtrack. You hear like you hear Black Sabbath, you hear Led Zeppelin. It would you know, Led Zeppelin being more like on a hard rock side, not necessarily metal side, but like Black Sabbath, uh, you know and respect as being like the fathers or godfathers or whatever term you want to give. And then you're aware of like 70s metal, 80s metal, 90s metal, and whatever it became after that weird new metal thing. Um, and there's, to this day, people, you know taking back metal and making amazing stuff. I was always into more stuff that was not metal. Uh, you know, never failed to appreciate it. I also have a thing for hair metal, like specifically because a lot of it was in the movies that I loved when I was a kid. Wayne's World, Bill and Ted, uh, Encino Man. You hear a lot of hair metal in these movies <clears throat> and you associate them with, for me, I associate them with being young, the summer, Arcade machines, the beach, fireworks, the end of the Power Rangers movie. Just ridiculous kind of uh, movie sentimental kids <laughs> fluff. Um, but that, you know, Rob, would, would you say that's still in, it still belongs to the lineage of, you know, where metal went from Black Sabbath to now? It, 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 it falls somewhere in there. You're asking me whether Fun in the Sun hair metal fits into the hair metal lineage or whether I would reject it? As proper metal. Is that what you're asking? It was a ridiculous kind of question. Yeah, it was, I was, yeah. Was that it? Yeah, that was a question. That's what you meant? Yeah. I don't know that I'm I'm uh, qualified to you know, unilaterally make a pronouncement on that. Does it work for me? I mean, I love Fun in the Sun metal. I'm, uh, you know, some of the tracks here are some of my favorites. Having said that, it's not where my default. Right. Because here's, if you, you, you were talking about what metal has meant to you uh, you know, in your childhood or what your touchstones were. Yeah. So we're, I'm like, what, 12, 13 years older than you? I'm 50 now. It doesn't now. feel How like that, but it, I think I'm 36. There you go. 14 years. 
So I think obviously that uh, you're looking at, at a lot of these tracks. What I mean to say is I was in my teens when almost all this shit was, was happening. It was the music. Right. You're looking at, back at it through the lens of history. Right. And a lot of this stuff has been rebranded almost through the, through the movies you're talking about. Right. And so for me, it's it's funny. A lot of what I hear about hair metal is people talk about it like it's a guilty pleasure or whatever. Uh-huh. Yet at the time, it's f- fashion's so funny, right? Like people don't realize that was the hip thing at the time, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, having said that, as a teen, I always thought the hair metal thing was kind of goofy. I'm sure I wasn't the only one. Like a lot of the lyrics were just so, even in the 80s, like j- jock rock, like really? Is that is that the lyric you're going to sing there, dude, for real? And you yeah. look like a poodle and you're trying to be this big he-man and the whole thing is goofy. At the same time, in my mind, musically, it was the best stuff out there. I mean, what are you going to say to Highway to Hell by ACDC? Mm-hmm. If you like rock music, forget it. So I don't know. I don't know if I answered a question, but <laughs> yeah. I said stuff. From from my mind's eye, the fact the fact that you responded is the right answer. It's, that's all we're doing. That's is all you we're say doing. a thing, I'll say another thing. They don't have to be related. Because otherwise, Rob, it's a Q and A, and I don't do those very well. Got um, it. <laughs> so how are we going to do this? Are we going to we're going to go? So we've got twenty one tracks here. You picked half. I picked half. Yeah, don't sorry. I I may okay, listener. This is our this is our second take actually of the of the finale. Rob was kind enough to, to I I was I was a bit of a train wreck last time, and I made a mistake in my eye. I I I did make you feel rushed a bit. I think maybe did I? Make but you, you booked something after the thing, so we had to cut we had to cut the the metal playlist short. Right, and yeah. I don't know how you felt about that. I, f- I felt like a like a dick, not not because you made me feel like that, not because you thought that, but I felt like I, I was being a dick, and and I could feel I could feel me putting the the rusher on you. So sorry about that. I feel okay. You know what? It all led to here to this moment, right? So let's let's capitalize on this moment. Okay. All right. Let's do it. So uh, twenty one tracks, like you said, like I said, someone said it. And you pick a lot of them. I picked a lot of them. And how do you want to do this? We're just going to hammer through these and, and just say a bunch of stuff that's unrelated? Yeah. Are um, you going to play these in the podcast, in the background as we're talking about them? Nah, but I, I will say that like links will be provided. And I trust that most of you out there know how to, to, to listen to Spotify. You do not have to um, listen to these in the order that I intentionally put them. That's just a that's just like a guide. If you want you can you can choose to hear them how I imagined you hearing them with like, you know, sometimes two, but mainly like one of Rob's and one of mine coming at you back to back. So so that you have uh an experience that's made up of kind of like both of our input more simultaneously than if you were to be like, okay, here's my half and here's Rob's half. But you know, it makes it more its own experience. Uh, you can shuffle them if you want. You can do whatever. You can listen to them in alphabetical order of band name. It's fine. But we're going to go through them in the order that they are uh, presented uh, with back and forthness. 
starting with Extremes Play With Me. Uh, and this, this movie came out when I was of age and aware of that band doing brand new stuff. What movie was, are you talking about? Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Rob. Excellent okay. question. Uh, <laughs> it was I don't a, know the movie. I'd, I'd never heard the song, and I was into Extreme when they came out, and I can't believe how over-the-top this track is. Mm-hmm. It's bananas. The, it is so over-the-top. I can't believe it exists. <laughs> it's like a movie because it, it has some like it has like a kids chorus in the middle of it. It's got yeah, like, it's it's crazy. You know, when I listen to that, it makes me realize how much those guys loved the band Queen. That's right. like a modern Queen without restraint, without good taste. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, it's like it's like crazy Queen bravado with you know. Uh, tricks that only Van Halen could could really do. Well, exactly. It's like the, you can tell how much he loves Van Halen on it too. The yeah. guitar player Nuno Betancourt. It's like Van Halen on blow to the nth degree. Like just <laughs> blasting all over the track. Like there isn't a, a millisecond that goes by without him, you know, shooting some guitar sauce on it. <laughs> Well, th- this is making an absurdist joke, and I don't actually know the truth. But like the joke that I'm about to make is, you know, Rob Van Halen on blow. Wouldn't you just call that Van Halen? Right. And I'm kidding. Right. I don't know if they act- like they might have been the. One I of didn't the know bands. that they were a blow band. I thought they were just I'd- like hammering beers. Like Eddie is a big, I'm going to drink beer all day and all night kind of guy. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know the guy. Well, I know for a fact that like Motley Crue was. I don't know that about Van Halen. Hence. That it's an absurd joke, but uh, right, it could. I mean, listen, their music is so happened. energetic and and wonderful. You'd you'd want to believe that they were because it's the only, like, you know, pre Red Bull. <laughs> Track number two is not my pick though. That's back to back TD stuff. That's another. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I love and respect the first two, three Van Halen albums, but the stuff that I was introduced to first was their the it was the late. Uh, David Lee Roth and early Hagar stuff. Uh, and of course, Panama is undeniably uh, the last great party song they made with David Lee Roth singing um, that wasn't, you know, super soaked with keyboards. And we'll get that, we'll get to that later. Panama, you hear it. And, and you know, if you heard it, you'd be like, oh, what's next? More fun in the sun metal? You betcha. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> yeah, I love. Yeah, I mean it's what, Panama. What 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 do, what do I really have to say about it? That silence said it all. I think. Yeah, yeah. So dance the night away. That's my pick. And you said fun in the sun. That was the first track I thought of. That to me is the most summery hard rock song you're ever going to get. It's a pop song, but it's it's it feels so good and easy. Mm-hmm. That feels like a summer night to me when I was in high school. Now, are you one of those people when, when, like, when you're on stage? I don't know how long it's been because of COVID. Uh, by the way, I love seeing you on stage, man. You're one of the most wonderful. Uh, again, pro- I hate to overuse the word professional. It's just because I lack something better. But you're, you're so in control of what you're doing musically on the stage. But do you ever fuck around between songs and play like a little lick? Never? Like even 
Like, do you ever do that at the Christmas shows with Steve Strongman? Just play a little lick at the end of a song or before you start another song? That's what we always used to, you, like. So the band Mazzola Pony, who you probably saw a few times. Did you? Did you ever see that band? I think I missed out on that. Oh, okay. Because that was before your time. Yeah. Right. So that's what that band did. So for anyone who gives a shit, that was a cover band that played around Kitchener-Waterloo, Ontario in the mid to late 90s. And that's what we did. It was for people who had enough control of their instruments that we could play songs we had rehearsed, although I don't think we ever rehearsed, but we all knew we could get through a song that someone started. Right. That was basically the the way we approached it. (laughs) <laughs> right? So someone would start a song and we'd all go, oh, I guess we're playing that song. So to your point about being professional, that was not a pro- a professional way to approach playing a set to entertain a crowd, but people seemed to like it. Right. And that, like you talking about that song, Dance the Night Away, I can hear, I, in my mind, I can imagine you, you busting out the opening like to that on stage. Really? Never did. I never learned that. I never lifted that. I yeah, should. Yeah. You would that's, kill. That's, uh, I feel ashamed hearing myself say that. <laughs> I'm well, going to go and lift that as soon as we uh, end this call. Because I, yeah, well, do it. Because I, I know that you would know how to affect your guitar to make it pull off what you feel would give it the best lift. Like, because you know gear. And oh, you, my you, God. You know playing. So you know how to, you know how to give it. You know, and, and, and you're an insane guitar player, by the way. Just saying. Uh, the next Thank song. You, Todd. The next song. So, so the whole thing you said about it being one of yours and one of mine, so far, that has not been the case. It's been two of yours, two of mine. Yeah. And so that's going to happen is, too. <laughs> I just love how you set it up. Like, it's really back and forth. And the first four are not that at all. Okay. So, this is not really a hair metal song at all. It's a late. Um, late 70s proto, this is like pre-metal or or like pre-fun in the sun metal to me. Like to me, you couldn't have some of these bands without sticks. Right. And I don't know why I feel like I have to be instructive and feel like I'm teaching a history of <laughs> music class. But for some reason, I felt compelled like, we got to put some sticks in there. We got to put some cheap trick because otherwise people won't know where it came from, man. Right. So that's my impulse. I realize it's not really hair metal. It's pre-hair metal. I love the tune, though. I remember listening to it in a tent that was made of canvas on a boombox that played eight tracks. Right. So I don't know also why I'm telling you all that, but that's... uh, I remember thinking it was rad, like, fuck, man, this is heavy. (laughs) It's a a wonderful song, and I'm not ashamed to say that the reason I know it is because... Fun fact, it was the song in Billy Madison. Like, when, when you know, every movie has a scene where it's like, oh, it looks like all is lost for our hero, even though there's mm-hmm. 20 more minutes left and they're going to pick up their shit and defeat the enemy and, and meet with the goddess. The, this is the part of the, the movie where Billy Madison has been finally outwitted, kicked out of school, and uh, he decides to get drunk and hang out with his friends and give up on everything. and. Uh-huh. When he's drunk and partying with his friends, that's the song. That's the song that comes on. So it's all about movies for you with with music. With eh? hair metal, for sure. 
Ah, interesting. Another thing I want to say about sticks is people really beat up on them. Like ever since the South Park thing with the sail away, come sail away tune, right. people are just make fun of sticks. Like they're the worst thing anyone could ever consider listening to, but they, they had a lot of great tracks. I think I think they're musical geniuses. Yeah, like yeah, they're, really they're fa- great guitar players too. Like the guitar solo on that is killer. But anyway, it's easy to make fun of them, I guess, because the what's his name, uh, the lead singer has a bit of a a bit of like musical theater thing going. So uh, easy target. Yeah, people love an easy target. That's I don't hang out with those people. Would you? Fuck them. <laughs> Uh, photograph by Def Leppard. This is uh, this is not a movie song. This is a this is a radio song uh, that I discovered. No one played it for me, and um, like I, I identified it as being like belonged to something I didn't have a term for yet, which was hair metal uh, or jock rock, cock rock. And uh, would you say jock rock though? I don't get the jock rock thing with with. Most of what we're playing, like Def Leppard, doesn't feel like jock rock to me. Feels like corn or something. Okay, oh, am I right? I I think that's fitting, but like some of the '80s movies, like like the movies that came out, and these were the brand new songs. Sometimes uh-huh. it was like the more tough uh, bullies of the heroes had like stuff like Rat and Def Leppard as their theme song, and the uh-huh. heroes were just like the the nerds who listened to Oingo Boingo. Um, <laughs> Because uh, they were the ones who made the movies, right? And wrote the movies. Right. So they're the heroes. <laughs> and and because, you know, hair metal is still it's still got the badass element to it. You're you're more likely to, to believe that the the high school bully is gonna have like but like we also liked the high school bully when these movies came out, we did. Um and cause yeah. like, because it sounds funny to me because I look like, you know, I was in high school in the 80s when this shit came out. And yeah, I could see calling Van Halen jock rock because it was like, yeah, jocks like Van Halen. But like Ozzy and ACDC and some of these other bands, that was like the burnout guys yeah. in the smoking area, right? That They were definitely not jocks. People, like Black Sabbath for sure. Like, forget it. That is not jock rock. Yeah, that is not, that is not like the... That that's not like a. I think I think a a students listen to would listen to Ozzy and Black Sabbath, and like the you know, the, the the ones that are gonna be fine because their their jawline was cut well and they play football are probably <laughs> listening to you know Duran Duran or something whatever yeah it's, yeah that was pe- the ca- that was that was the case in my experience people don't know who they are Rob we. That's that's why we made this list. We're gonna break it down, right? So yeah. so summer nights I picked. That's the next tune. That's from, and I gotta say a disclaimer. Typically, I'm not gonna pick a Sammy Hagar tune, right? But I mean, fun in the sun, summer nights. I know it's not the sun, but it is summer, and I don't know. That kind of speaks for itself, doesn't it? In terms of it a does. pick, I could not pick that song. You didn't pick it. I had to pick it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I honestly, Sammy Hagar, he's not, he's, he didn't, he didn't continue Van, the Van Halen that, that I wasn't there, that we all might have wanted when David Lee Roth left, but he's a fucking great singer. Oh, great yeah. Singer. You can't, I mean, as a rock singer throughout the ages, that guy has put his time in. He's, he's an iconic, I, I couldn't agree more. You can't yeah. fault the guy. You can't deny that range either. Oh, no, um, just because he's not David Lee Roth, it's a different right. thing, right? <laughs> 
He's yeah. not David Lee Roth, but that's fine. He's his own guy. It doesn't mean, like, what's he going to do, kill himself because he's not David Lee Roth? He can sing a hell of a lot better, right? Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck doesn't yeah. mean I like the Sammy Van Halen stuff as much as the David Lee Roth stuff, but you can't fault the guy as a singer. Mm-hmm. I will say as a 101 fan, if you're, if you're not up on Yacht Rock, get into Yacht Rock and listen to Beyond Yacht Rock, the podcast, where they, they pit Van Halen versus Van Hagar. It's a fun little chat. Uh, Cherry Pie by Warrant was my next pick. It's pretty obvious. This is like, this is the epitome of cheese. <laughs> Those are some of the worst lyrics. I have the lyrics up right now. Yeah. Some of the most, I can't believe they put this out. It just makes you want to put your go-go boots on and, you know, tassels on whatever you can think of that doesn't need or want tassels on it. And, um, it, it, and just shake your booty around uh, a nice car, I guess. I don't know. It's a, it's, it's one of those songs. It, it, like it or not, and it's hard to like. It's fucking fun. In yeah, the it's sun. fun. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't want to seem like I'm beating up on you. No, no. But I, I just, I had to comment on these lyrics. Like it's, it's incredible. I want, I want to read some of the lyrics, but then I don't want a record of me saying these sentences. <laughs> so I can't do it. All I'm going to say is it's it's in the first verse. It's like the first pre-chorus, right before they say, I scream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. Uh, the, the two lines before that, I don't know, man, inexcusable. That's all I'm going to say. Right. <laughs> well, like, I... I think we could do a whole episode about cherry pie and and just like talking about how ridiculous the lyrics are because like like you have to you have to agree first of all with the fact that comparing a woman to a pie is a compliment and and then the song has to justify <laughs> and explain this we all know stuff about songwriting and storytelling Rob the song needs to explain to us and have us celebrating oh I get it the poetic reference of women and pies as the same and because <laughs> it's so yeah. fucking ridiculous and guess what uh, if you haven't heard the song the song does not do that it just further demeans women in in ways that are uh somehow still fun to listen to and it's weird and i'm conflicted but it belongs in this playlist in my opinion that's it i hear you yeah can't yeah it i mean it, of the era you, you got to mention it yeah so I picked Flying High Again, Ozzy Osbourne. It's not really fun. It's not really in the sun, but I don't know. I feel like I got it. You got to, for a hair metal thing, you got you to gotta have some Ozzy in there. I mean, this is his solo career. Randy Rhodes on guitar. Mm-hmm. You got to stop me now because I'll just keep talking about it. Uh, close <laughs> Isn't to my all heart. the shit I say? Close, like, close to my heart. It's, I think it's a lot of fun. I, I know it's not like... It's not trying to be a ridiculous, uh, you know, the the beat will carry this, like it's Def Leppard kind of song, but it's the spirit of it. I mean, the song's called Flying High Again. To me, I just think it's badass, and I'm not uh, even a big pot smoker. I just listen to that, and I go, that's not even, um, I could get behind it. Oh, high, like Ozzy getting with high? Ozzy, Ozzy with Randy Rhodes? Right. Are you kidding me? How many fucking bands did that start? How exactly. Many, how, how many of the bands that that started got famous? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Because, and, and again, and here I want to go on my like historical analysis of it. 
tangent, but people now, this is an old man, kids get off my lawn kind of thing. They've seen the Osbournes. Ozzy's disgraced himself, reality TV. He's just a big joke, all of that. At this time, he'd been in Black Sabbath, a pivotal band in the history of music, down and out, drug abuse, everything, pulled himself out of it, created this music that really changed hard rock music forever. And mm-hmm. it was serious. People took him serious. He wasn't just a goof. He was. This was great music, inspiring. Yeah. Anyway, it sounds like people would laugh at you right now after the Osbournes and everything. I can. It's it's sad. Yeah. Don't don't get me started about so called reality TV. At, at 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 least you know if he if he was doing it and he's like, well, there's not much I can do. I can't jump around on stage anymore. But I guess I'll sign those checks. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. Like, I'm how just, much money do you need, right? Like. But, to Sharon, I mean, people demonize her. I have no idea whose idea it is to do any of this shit, but you no. go, I don't think they had to do it, did they? Could they not just be pretty fucking rich instead of being filthy, stinking rich? Like, why not just know. keep playing music yeah. and doing other shit? Why why they have to do that? It's a shame. <laughs> But on with this our is where, show. I'm yeah, kidding. this is where the fun podcast took a turn for the sad. No, man, it's we're we're still hanging out. Is the point, it, and I love it. I'm here for all of it, man. I'm so looking, you pick you picked a keyboard song. Yeah, I I also love Jump. I think Panama is like is like the is it's like the final of the two between the two of them. Maybe another song from um, from 1984 by Van Halen was a big hit but I'm I'm aware of Jump and Panama being the big radio singles and of the two of them Panama was the last guitar based uh, guitar is the is the the lead instrument in the song uh, song whereas Jump is a keyboard song and like if this song was mixed by today's standards the keyboards would be visible to the listener but they wouldn't be at the fucking front of They're just everything screaming <laughs> They're so fucking loud like those keyboards are so loud yeah i'm like like you you would expect like if if you if you hadn't listened to jump in a while you're probably feeling like okay here come the drums and it's like the drums come in it's like why are they so low like <laughs> And why do they sound so weird? Is this already mixed? Like, Can I fix this? <laughs> sounds like he's playing on, uh, you know, uh, ice cream, plastic ice cream containers or something. Who's even playing the keyboards in that? Who's playing the keyboards? Yeah. Is that one of the Eddie. band members? That's Eddie? all Eddie. Eddie's okay. all about, like, he's he's a virtuoso. Okay. All, he wanted keyboards in the bands. He started that for uh, Women and Children First. Right. He's playing Rhodes through Marshalls and, he, Yeah. Well then, that that for me redeems, like is that you know. Have you not seen the video for that? No, <laughs> dude, go watch the video. Okay, am I gonna get hung by metal fans that you know that I don't know that are like that would shame me for not knowing that? If there's one thing you you probably wouldn't be shamed about is is that not knowing who played keyboards because they wouldn't really want the keyboard song period <laughs> that was such a thing at that time people were like you know when dylan went electric they were like no jump at van halen keyboard song are you kidding me yeah. yeah yeah 
It certainly had no success. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's yeah. that's kind of like misunderstanding by Genesis. Like that was clearly the first of what would be many more Phil Collins solo songs, but it was like the most successful song on that Genesis album. And it was like the first one that he wrote like mm-hmm. by himself. And it was clearly, you know, it came out the same year that uh, In the Air Tonight came out. It was like, you know, why are we hearing Genesis do this full on fucking pop ballad? Why? Yeah. Uh, the rest huh. of Duke is, is, is amazing. And I love Phil's solo stuff too, but like, People must have not liked hearing "Misunderstanding" as a Genesis song. I can I can hear it, and I feel like I feel like "Jump" by Van Halen sort of had the same effect on Van Halen fans. Maybe. Oh, it was but polarizing for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun ass song, and it yeah. makes me think of the summer. So fuck you guys. <laughs> by the next way, to- I can't thank you enough for picking the next song because I I love ACDC. For me, like Van Halen, they are their own genre. Um, Talk about Highway to Hell. Are you kidding me? And again, it's not straight between the pipes, fun in the sun. It's not really fun in the sun. But I didn't give a shit because you can't have a hard rock metal playlist without ACDC. Last <laughs> Bon Scott record. Yeah. Are you kidding me? First Mutt Lang record. Right. I could go on about both of those things for hours. This is, I listen to this track Phil Rudd on the drums. Okay, I gotta stop. I'm mm-hmm. already getting. I'm already redlining. <laughs> I can't take it. It's there's so much to say. Right. Could you could you help me out? Like I know, I know that Mutt Lang worked with ACDC and Shania, and I've heard some stuff that he did with Maroon Five. And hey, don't get me wrong. Like they're very successful. Whatever you think, anyone out there listening, I don't. I don't know, but like I like I like Maroon Five, but the best songs that they ever did in my like that I like the most are produced by Mutt Lang, um, and very best Michael, stuff. Yeah, yeah, best stuff ACDC ever did. He took ACDC essentially from a boogie blues rock band to a stadium rock band. If you right. listen to their records before Highway to Hell, that's what it is. Yeah, they're essentially like ZZ Top with a badass singer. And then they're playing stadiums. Like Highway to Hell is, and I remember reading an interview with Mutt Lang basically saying, this is 1978, 79, I think. Yeah. You know, Star Wars had just come out, come out, had just come out. Star Wars (laughs) just came out. And he was basically saying, young kids, dudes listening to this music, they're watching Star Wars. They want stuff to sound like, you know, spaceships and stuff. Yeah. They don't want the drums to sound like little tin cans. So you listen to a lot of the boogie rock stuff that was around this era. It sounds so wimpy compared to this. And you put this on it, it's like stadium right away. Yeah, and I just out of a pure love for ACDC, I want to venture the possibility that like, and, and out of pure love for Highway to Hell, like I feel like at the time... Because more stadium albums were being made and coming out after this, but like I imagine you couldn't fucking touch Highway to Hell. Fuck no. And then of course Bond died, and then they put out Back in Black, which is like 
the I, stadium rock album, Mutt Lang. Yeah. Who knows what it would have been like if Bon was still there. Didn't matter. They were already on that trajectory. And Bon, or rather Mutt Lang, with that band, co-writing the songs, by the way, right? which he went on to do for, for those about to rock, we salute you, another stadium rock record. Like, so what am I saying here? I don't know. That's It's a clinic. Mm-hmm. Can I just say that um, I can't remember... Mm. By the way, uh, Brendan O'Brien worked on a lot of Pearl Jam albums, not as the producer, but like he mixed he mixed a lot of Pearl Jam stuff from uh-huh. verses all he's the way engineered up. Engineered too, I think. Engineered, yeah. And I believe he's the producer of some of like the latter day ACDC stuff. I'm thinking specifically of Black Ice. Uh, I, you might recognize some of the songs on it. If if I'm not sure if you were big into it. But, I I don't know their later later stuff. Like I st- I peer off around uh, for those about to rock. After okay. that, you know, I heard a little bit of Fly on the Wall and some of the you know I you know the Stephen King soundtrack. I know the, yeah. the key songs, you <laughs> yeah. know, but I I don't know the album front to back like Back in Black and for those about to rock and Highway to Hell. Well, like they hit Stiff Upper Lip in two thousand, and then like nothing for eight years, and they put out uh, Black Ice. And mm-hmm. I'm like, for me, I'm not going to compare it to another ACDC album, but I'm saying, I'm saying that after Back in Black and some of the hits that came out in between, this was like the first full album by ACDC that made me go, this is fucking good times. Black Ice, check it out. They, have, they, they did Rock or Bust a few years ago, and uh-huh. last, last year they put out a new one. I haven't listened to it a lot yet, but Black Ice, Rob, I'm telling you, uh, so good. Highway to Hell, great pick. Um, and uh, you and I have talked about round, like we we've talked about Rat a bunch. So I won't stay on this too much. So the but, next track, round and round, Rat. Rat. It's so un- like for me. I don't know a lot by Def Leppard or Rat, but Photograph by Def Leppard and Round and Round by Rat. The- these are both solid pop songs that are done as hair metal, heavy metal songs, and they're fun. And they got these uh, choruses that are just just wonderful harmonies. Like, they're earworms. They're, they're, they're pleasant earworms coming at you from, from bands with dolled-up hair and snakes <laughs> for dicks. And, like, so Round and Round is uh, just another solid pop song that falls into the hair metal genre. Agreed. Agreed. I I picked uh, I Remember You after that because I wanted a bit of a ballad and I thought Skid Row, you got to mention them in terms of hair. I mean, that dude had good hair, no matter how <laughs> how you, you, you look at it. Pretty straight up, pretty raw, pretty, um, you know, in terms of the look, they were kind of post-poodle look. Right. They were actually starting to get, you know, pre-grunge. Um I don't know. That guy can really sing. Canadian boy. Yes, Skid Row are definitely like in the zeitgeist of what everyone thinks of when they make a hair metal mixtape, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you picked Lick It Up, Kiss. Yeah. This is this was the record where they took their makeup off to great fanfare like yeah. no one cared and people who <laughs> people who loved Kiss cared. Uh this was definitely from a movie called Rockstar for me, my exposure, my first exposure to it. So I was in high school. I was like 15. So it doesn't matter if I was there for when it came out. Like 
I get to celebrate that it hit me at a at a primordial age of adulthood, like high school. Fuck. Um, yeah, that's what look matters. Look it up. Uh, yeah, I mean, for for me, Kiss, I I, I think they they have a great theatrical show and they they put together a fun sound. I wouldn't really credit anything that I like by them to them as artists. Uh, I would <laughs> I love say that you said that. <laughs> I would say that God gave rock and roll to you and and other songs from the seventies into the eighties like this. Um, they were written by glam rock uh, would be legends. So people who wrote songs for glam rock that um, that were mainly like songwriters and yeah, like Desmond Child, right? Wrote a bunch of shit Desmond for them, right? Fucking Child. So like the people responsible for Kiss's greatest hits are not in Kiss. Uh, <laughs> See, I love that they're so put together. I love your your going here, and also <laughs> from what I understand, they didn't play very much of what you hear on those records. What I'm so told that. They had session players in to play a lot of the drum, bass, and guitar parts. That's something I thought like redeemed them. I thought like they played their own shit at least. Like even if someone I can't else say for it. sure, right, but right, right, right. I, I, I think uh, I think some of it's well documented. You may want to do some research if uh, if you find that interesting. I, I will because one of my favorite and most triumphant melodic melodic uh, solos um, was clearly like written. Uh, and not like improvised, but like the guitar solo that harmonizes with itself with another guitar in God Gave Rock and Roll 2 Part 2, which we'll get to later. That's like, for me, that's what made me learn how to play guitar, how that hit me as a kid, that guitar solo. This. Anyway, and it, it follows a key change. It's fucked up. Anyway, but this song, Lick It Up, is, is pure fun. It's just like a, it's just a beat with a catchy chorus. This is, uh, this is what Kiss was doing for hair metal then, and it's, it's it's well made. It's really uh, fun to listen to. Like solidly mixed. Uh, you know, it's on the radio. Who gives a shit if they have makeup on Slick. or not? They thought it was Slick. a big deal. Eighties <laughs> radio yeah. hair metal. Corporate hair metal, baby. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to get like first Van Halen album, Ice Cream Man mm -hmm. cover, just a blues song, right? But no one had done blues song like that like talk about taking it to outer space yeah i love it. it eddie van halen is musical fireworks how do you pick a song from that first album because like i'd say that's my favorite van halen album the first one like all the way through is legendary all the way through was hit all the way through was uh, yeah it's it's the change change rock music forever change guitar playing he yeah. invented everything about guitar playing about modern guitar and playing i yeah. could talk about it for hours and you know, uh, thank thank him or blame him. I we were talking about this before. Like Van Halen is is like the first big American metal offering, and they also pro provided the idea that metal could be fun and and oh, that's interesting. About fun. I guess, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of who. So, like hair metal was big pause. Like I'm thinking a Grand Funk Railroad. Okay, or. What do you call them? Uh, Dave Lee Roth apparently stole a lot of his trip from Black Oak, Arkansas, which Good I thing. don't know their stuff at all. But apparently, if you check out YouTube, you see a guy who looks and and dresses a lot like David Lee Roth ended up dressing like, and they were like five years previous. Right. So I don't know. There's. I, I guess we could. I don't know why I'm so interested in the, the roots of everything. <laughs> that's that's like I'm obsessed. 
Well, like I, I came to you with this because I wanted to learn about the beginning of metal. And just because, like, this is how it happened, everybody. Like, because the word, like, just just because metal was was in a conversation we were having, and Rob was um, telling me about like like how it started because I I wanted to hear like the first albums that, and I also on a separate line still under the umbrella of metal, I wanted to know the stuff that had the biggest impact on Rob. Rob made me a playlist, and it's fucking killer. I made him a playlist of all the hair metal songs I knew. And then in the hair metal vein, fourth separate line here, this is this is when we collaborated on this playlist. And I think my email language is I don't trust myself with the keys and expressing points and thoughts. <laughs> uh, and I know that I threw you through a loop, but thank you for partying with me on this. I love it. So Next. here's two, two of mine in a row. Yeah. Cheap trick, surrender. Oh, yeah. Not hair metal, but... Talk about ear candy and mm-hmm. earworms. How good is how good is this song? Seriously, it's at least as good as Cheap Trick being awesome. Like, <laughs> do you, does it not? Does that too not mean anything to you? Do surrender, you not go bananas no, for like, it? Sur- surrender, like, no, I'm, 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 I'm throwing it both to the song and to the band. Like, right. Like, like I want you to want me. Come on. Like, I, I got to see them live. Actually, they opened for uh, Aerosmith at Cops Coliseum. So badass, man. They don't. They don't get their due. I don't think. That's why. Again, you ask. I always get like performance anxiety or some. When somebody asks me to put together a playlist, because I think I have to represent all of the good <laughs> things I love in this. So that's why this is in there. Because I'm oh. like, it's not really hair metal, but. It deserves to be in there. I think, what is that? 78, 77? I think any hair metal or metal fan or anyone in the other bands on this playlist like owe the spirit of their youth to surrender if they had fun. Like oh, fuck. surrender is the spirit of youth. <laughs> like Isn't you know it? Yeah. It's so badass. It's kind of punk rocky in, in ways. It's kind of glam. Yeah. I would say it's yeah. more glam than metal, but like I feel like it fits in anyway for the reasons that you just said. Yeah. So you picked Slaughter. I don't know Slaughter, but this must have something to do with the movie. Oh yeah, it does. It's it was made for the movie. It uh, I wouldn't know about it if it wasn't for my favorite fucking movie of all time. Uh, and I'm very happy to say that I had a guest on this podcast who's friends with Alex Winter from that movie. I so remember- what the movie is? Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yeah, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was the one I saw first, and it was the sequel to Excellent Adventure. And that movie. Uh, I mean, it was the birth of all of my different types of creativity, from visual art to music to storytelling. It was like, it, I, I was six, five or six, 1991, and um, wow. it's a silly, ridiculous movie, but my love of absurd, absurdism in creativity, my love of uh, big, bold, uh, colorful, everything comes from this movie, and this, this you know, this uh, the music uh, made me want to pick up a guitar. Uh, it was the Kiss song, and this song was on the VHS tape. You could, <laughs> you could see the music video, and it wasn't even really in the movie. But every time I watched the movie, I had to watch this music video because I, yeah. Oh, my God. See, I remember that I, when I used to have tapes, and there'd be something on it, and you had to watch it every time because fast-forwarding right. it, it wasn't that accurate. It was a pain in the ass. By the time you screwed around, you might as well just watch the thing. Yeah. And if you watch it enough, like you, I remember I had records that would skip at a certain spot, and I yeah. now when I hear it on Spotify, a tune or whatever that had a skip in it, 
it irks me because I'm used to the skip. Yeah. Same yeah. kind of thing on the VHS, I imagine. Oh, and 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 uh, I, I digress a bunch, but like the song is very. It's just full of impressive moments. Like there isn't huh. a moment where the, the vocals happening and you aren't hearing the guitar do a part. Like it's never just playing chords behind. It's never just rhythm. It's always doing something, but it's creating the chord pattern around everything. And the the vocalist is insane and showboaty. Um, I, I wouldn't say like you know to a. I would I wouldn't put them on stage next to fucking. I don't know. Uh, Van Halen? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say the singing is good, but it, it's for for the very specific band output, he's an amazing vocalist. Like, it's good enough. It's right. There you go. I don't know their stuff at all. I don't I don't know that song. I got I to gotta listen to it more. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, I listened to one of their albums off the steam much later in life, but of Shout It Out, and it's there's nothing like Shout It Out on it. Just like... There's really nothing else by Kiss that's like God gave rock and roll to you, which they didn't write. Um, but Shout It Out is, is an amazing uh, tour de force of music. And um, the rest of their stuff is kind of pseudo Guns N' Rosy. Right. Uh, but it's that's, not that great. It's derivative. At, in, at, at its best. So next song. Right. Next song is High and Dry by Def Leppard, which... Not a lot of people may know because that's on the record before Pyromania, which isn't very well known. Right. And I love this record. This record is one of my favorite records produced by Mutt Lang. Right. Around the time that he was doing Highway to Hell and Back in Black. And you can hear it. They sound like a proto ACDC. They're, they're harder than they ended up being. I love this record for that reason. Yeah. Like that, that seems to be how, like, for, for a lot of like what what would be like considered like quintessential hair metal bands, everything that they were doing before was a lot more raw and and monster than it would later end up being. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, not like, quite as slick. I mean, the 80s slicked everything up because of production and everything. Anyway, this is, to me, that's the late 70s, right on the cusp where it's still like really my taste, like really yeah. cool before it got fucked up with production and too much hairspray in the 80s. right. Well, like, like I think you know by now that like I'm, yeah, like my my love of this stuff doesn't come from me thinking of it like as artistically pleasing or like I'm 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 almost like celebrating uh, the corporateness of that hair metal <laughs> slick scene. It's like it's like okay, you know what? It's so we're we're after the fact. We don't, yeah, we yeah. Don't. So that's that's where the age difference comes in. Because for me, I was right in it, and I was like, "Fuck the man, that shit is too corporate. Yeah. I don't like that. I'm not gonna <laughs> fucking listen to lick it up." You know what I mean? Well, and I was like, "No, fuck ACDC's badass." But you know, after a certain point, it isn't anymore because it's too corporate. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, I mean, and with every reason, that's exactly how I felt when it seemed like the world loved and wanted more of the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and and Britney. And right. here, here's here's a here's a fun fact that's like not really a big thing anymore. I love their music. Uh, Who's not, Backstreet Boys? Yeah, and not not and and I realized that at least for them, I, I mean, it's it's not really like a bold stance for me to go like, you know what? I really like this album that's over twenty years old by the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> it's because like it's not big anymore, and 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 I don't have to worry that 
my corn fan friends are going to make fun of me or, or or call me something that's you know very uh, inappropriately homophobic um <laughs> i think it's interesting with some of those big production pop records where it was a team of writers and a team of producers and right. and you go you could still appreciate the craft in oh wow they really crafted this piece of commercial art that is really appealing in some ways. Right. I can see you appreciating that. Well, it was famous, whereas the stuff that I was listening to at the time that I really loved was like Ben Folds, Sean Lennon. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys were making music at the time that was beautiful and deep and shit. And yet these slick, frosty, tip-haired uh, <laughs> pretty boys <laughs> were... Uh, dancing in 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 to screams and but it's all fine and good now because everybody backstreet's back is fun and add guitars to it and you have the next best hair metal song speaking of hair metal uh dr feelgood by motley Crue is kind of an obvious one i'll be perfectly honest with you dr feelgood isn't one that i um uh well recognized as being by a band it's just like a song that i heard on dave fm and the more I got into being okay with Motley Crue, even though I kind of grew up being aware of Tommy Lee as just being just a, a washed up, drugged up dickhead uh, from reality TV and right. infamous and Pam Anderson videos. videos. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't care for whatever he was a part of, uh, but I knew of the song Dr. Feel Good. Um, and also they had this biopic come out called The Dirt. Stupid movie. Bad movie. It kind of endorses the misogyny and drug use that you'd think that they were like apologizing for. No, they're just unapologetic. Give them points for being unapologetic about being about being dicks. But they put out some really cool hair metal hits. Doctor Feelgood being the one I like the most. If 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 I'm purely indulging in uh, you know that being an offering that I'm making to a hair metal playlist. So that's we can. I said put that too in much your pipe and already. smoke it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in in keeping with many of my historical perspective picks, this is this is another one. Boston foreplay long time from their self titled debut. Um, again, I don't think any of this hair metal, fun hair metal, would exist without Boston. <laughs> and uh, I love this track. It feels so late seventies to me. And so uh, what I want to bring up is the Rockman or the, like the guy, the, what's his name? Tom Schultz, that guitar sound in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I know you're a bit of a gearhead. Everyone wanted to figure out a way to get this smooth overdriven guitar sound, but that wasn't too raw. And he designed this like guitar pedal box that you could just plug directly in and, and you didn't have to crank a Marshall. No one cares. You should edit right. that out. There's no reason for me to say that. <laughs> that was a complete gear nerd tangent. I, should I be, loved it. I should be ashamed. I, dude, you know what happens to me when I when I assemble like the track side by side, uh, and I'm about to edit. I, I I look at my track, and what I'm hoping to see is long lines before the next wave bursts of me talking, and when I see way too much of me as I always do. I um I I I, I await 
for the next opportunity to. You learn. want more digressions? I want more, not me talking. <laughs> All right. Well, Boston. I don't know. Do you feel Boston? I listen to that record and I go, "Oh my god, it's so good. It's so well put together. It's so um, accomplished." Boston's a great, great band. They are so much more than, more than a feeling. If you catch Thank my you drift. for that. Thank you. Thank you for that. More rat. Is Rat Rat is the only band other than Van Halen that has more than one track on this playlist? No, Def Leppard. Right. I can't believe I didn't put God Gave Rock and Roll to you. I guess I didn't feel like it was party enough. Because, uh, by the way, like... And that's and, a deep cut, dude. That is deep. Really? Because it's, it's from the end credits of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, which is how I know it. And I, I also associate it with the fact that for the movie, you don't get the Kiss intro. You get an intro that you know supposedly bill and ted are playing but fucking steve yeah. vi wrote and he oh really oh he, shit i gotta hear that he layers it and harmonizes with himself and it's this outrageous solo that fades into the drum entrance on uh god gave rock and roll to you and it's like this really triumphant moment of of, of two <laughs> cis white dudes enthusiasm. conquering heaven and hell as they always do um so to hear you talk about kiss like this like so for me Again, I'm always trying to put it into context and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Todd's favorite Kiss song that you're going to put on a, a Fun in the Sun playlist. And I probably, I, there's, I'd never heard of that song. If you'd right. asked me for like top fun Kiss songs, I'd give you 20 songs before that one. Right. Well, obviously, because I'd never heard of it. But I mean, deep cut. This is not a criticism. It's just yeah. a reaction. That's a deep, the deepest of deep cuts. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me, man. <laughs> it's not a criticism. No, I know it's not. It, I know it's it, not. I love deep cuts. Too. I mean, I fucking put a high and dry Def Leppard song from an album that very few people have heard. But God I Gave love... Rock and Roll to You, I didn't put on this. I just realized that. So we're talking about something that's not on here. Okay, so let's go to the, the I'm sorry. two last songs. Two last songs. They're both yours. You got to talk now, I think. Um. Oh, are there? Oh shit! Wanted man, that's me. Yeah, that's. Rat. I just thought because it was rat that you put it on. I had well, to put wanted man on. My memory of so this is my life at that time. Come home from school, three p.m. Play guitar, but on Wednesdays I had to watch midweek metal mania on on much music because they played metal, and the rest of the time there was no metal on much music, so there's no reason to watch it. So, Wanted Man was not a deep cut, but it was, I remember seeing the video, and in the video, the dudes from Rat that already had Round and Round as a hit, and I think this was like the third single on the record, but they had the dudes from Motley Crue in the video as cops arresting them driving around some kind of sports car. And I remember in my 15-year-old self just thinking, oh, dude, that's badass, man. Those are the dudes from Motley Crue. And right. they're like dressed as cops in this video. Yeah, I feel like uh, like that kind of thing. Like, you know, people people are like, oh, isn't it cool that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is like, oh man, like, I mean, it's all planned. It's all it's all 
computer graphics anyway, but like Iron Man is in the Hulk movie and they're all in the Avengers together in this. <laughs> I'm and like, all it was is cross pollination in, in promotion through the record companies going, well, we need to promote our band on this label. So we'll do a deal and have your artist in our video, you know, and here I yeah. was just like, these guys are buddies, man. They hang out together. Well, no, 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 no. Like, like I'm, I'm just saying that, sorry, I'm, I'm going to yes and what you're saying. So I'm going to say yes instead of no and like i'm i i agree i agree to the, the idea that maybe it was planned but i'm but i'm saying like uh, whatever whatever appeal that is clearly like a lot of fun to see cross pollination of different characters in like a bigger universe like it it is fun, like from the point of view of just like an audience like consuming stuff it, it's it's fun to see when that happens but like there's so much of that in music, in rock especially. There's so much fucking fun in that. This is like, are, I know the answer, but like, are you are you like me and like seeing who plays on shit? That like that's the reason that we look at real records instead of just like who played on whatever album and who was yeah. the producer and who's the engineer and oh yeah, I love like that. I I really miss that about the Spotify world. If yeah, like for the new music that I listen to and I go. Huh, I wonder who produced that. Because there's so much crossover. Like the drummer from Sting playing the hi-hat on the, the fucking Peter Gabriel song and shit. Like, <laughs> right. And when you get far away stuff together. What song is that where there's like, you know, there's like... rain. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's, it's like Man You Cache and he just plays the hi-hat and the rest of it is like Steve Gadder. He's got like the th- four best drummers in the world all playing different elements or some crazy shit like that, right? Yeah. Is it is that which do you remember who played on there? Did I say the right names? Oh, I don't think I did. I think it's something British or um, I can't I can't remember. Was it Manu Cache? No. We'll come back to it. No, you know what, listener? I'm gonna I'm gonna edit this pause out or leave it in. But I see my copy of so right over there. It's, You're gonna well, see who it is. Red yeah. Rain. Who played on? Who played drums on Red Rain? This is a race now. He's going to look at it. I'm seeing if I can find it on the inter- interwebs. All right. I, I, I had Tony Levin. Stu- oh, my, are you kidding me? Stuart, Stuart Copeland? Right, 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 right. That's right. Are you kidding me? That's heavy. Yeah, Tony Levin. So just hi-hat. <laughs> he, yeah, he just plays Come hi-hat. on. <laughs> Stuart Copeland. Jerry Murata. From the police. Yeah. I mean, it, the whole album starts off with like... Like it starts with a hi hat. It's crazy. What well, makes sense? He's the king. I'm glad we went here. If if there's nothing else that we can carry forward from this podcast, that little moment with Stuart Copeland on the hi hat, I will carry with me in my memory of this <laughs> of this this evening. I mean, that should be the takeaway for the whole of the Todd Donald show and all of its one. Like since two thousand. <laughs> Eight is that we talked about Stuart Koblen on Red Rain. Yes, it's what it all was leading to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I thought I couldn't love you anymore. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, every conversation leads me to say that t- about you, man. I, uh, I, talking with you is nothing short of uh, home in the sense of like the the human soul. Uh, I feel what like a beautiful thing to say to a person. You can remind me of our age difference all you want, but uh, it's beautiful only because um, that kind of friendship is ageless, and so I never really feel that that we're a different age 
And you know it, what I love about you when we're talking? You really try and express yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like you're really honestly, like if you say, one of the first times we had a long conversation, I remember you stopping and backing up and saying something to the effect of, well, I just said that, but that's not really what I meant. <laughs> what I meant to say was something else. Because I mean, I could say that, but really if I dig deep, and you express it better than this. Right. I really appreciate, like the idea of trying to get at what you mean when it's not at the tip, on the tip of your tongue. Do you know what I mean? When you're, it's not readily available and you're really in the moment trying to formulate what you're feeling and you kind of formulate it together. I love that about talking to you. Yeah, but I mean, I, th I think, yes, and I think, <laughs> I'm just playing with uh, uh, improv terminology, but I, th the thing is, I, I would actually like to get better in the future and in my life with uh, being okay with being misunderstood. Because um, you, know, you know how you grow up um, and like you have your first friendships and your first relationships or whatever. And like you're like, it's the end of the world to you if, if someone gets mad at you or. <laughs> I totally understand what you mean. You're just striving so hard to be understood. But isn't in this kind of a conversation, isn't that the point? Isn't that what we're trying to do? It, it, it is the point, but I feel like I feel like more could be done in the same conversations, if I spend less time wording it for the guests, like I'm supposed to be, yes, communicating with mutually, but I, I, I want to give, I want to be more generous with the guest time and, and create more space for them to talk. And this is something that I'll carry forward into my next podcast, which um is called primetime flies. It comes out July 2nd and I'll, I'll put up a, a last upload a week from now that you're hearing this. As sort of like a, tra I'm gonna put the trailer up on this feed. Nice. Uh, I'll do a little promo. We don't have to talk about that right now. I'm really excited. It's Channel 101. I I, I love that community and all the people in it. But um, just being okay with saying something, allowing someone to misinterpret it or ask me what I mean, mm -hmm. ask me for for further clarification, and then I can give it, and then more movement can happen because I feel like. There's more conversation that could happen in the space that I take up by needing to be understood on the first try, which if you hear my first tries, it's 50 first tries in one sentence. Right. Which it would be, it would be a fucking nightmare for someone to transcribe. <laughs> so that's why I'm saying I'm not going to edit this one because this is, this is what, what the people who talk to me have to deal with. This is what I have to deal with when I'm editing my shit. Um, and um, and by the way, I, I have a lot more fun uh, when it comes to editing, editing, and sometimes the conversations, by the way, not the whole show, on And Sometimes Why by Rob Zabo, my guest uh, right now, because it's fucking insane good. You're a great conversationalist. You're a great deep diver. I think you're a great, I mean, Thanks, your, Todd. your music that means is, a lot to me. Seriously. I don't mean to cut you off a lot. It should. Uh, cause you know, I'm pretty awesome also, but no, like your music <laughs> is world-class and you, it's just like hearing, I can't say this enough. You, you do a fucking podcast and it's the, it's the same deal. Like this is a world-class, um, person doing it. So, um, 
I mean, thank you for being a friend all these years, uh, and most of all, and and being a part of my last uh, episode of this show. I'm honored to be here. Seriously, that was a lot of fun. It it continues to be. I I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I can't thank you enough for the editing work you do on my podcast. I would not be doing it without you. So that's all there is to it. I I I, I you should like like I, I I have no plans to leave it. But like, <laughs> oh, that's it, not meant as a way to to pressure you. Like, hey, Todd, if you're thinking of leaving, <laughs> it's all on your shoulders, buddy. <laughs> Or no, like just the threat that it would go away. Like I don't. Uh, you know what? I'd find a way, but uh, I don't want to. Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm. I'm. Again, no plans to. No plans to to leave. But um, that's a lot of pressure. As soon as now that now that I'm thinking of what I just said, that's a lot of pressure on you. No, it's not, dude. If you decide tomorrow, Sabo, I've had enough. Come on, like you got to be able to tell me that. Oh, is that sure. what you're trying to tell me now? This is not the place. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Like, like I, I'm being silly. Uh, it, it, it's a, like we said uh, in a private conversation. Like, I, 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 I get podcasty, and I, I know it might be abrasive. <laughs> I don't know if it is. Maybe it isn't. Uh, but here's here's the thing, man. Um, I, I want you to send off my podcasts uh, by introducing. Because fuck it, I'm going to play it. This will be the last thing that people hear as a part of a Todd Donald Show episode. It's going to be the song that's at the end of this playlist. So if I love to... this ramp up into this. This is fantastic. So what am I doing? I'm, I'm introducing the this triumphantness song, and that's that is, it. That is this song, and that's the end. Okay, Todd, I love you, man. Thank you love for you this. Too. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dreams from 5150 by Van Hagar.
Thanks for listening.